Today is the 15th of March, 2023, and we're cultivating our meditation object, training the mind in a method to make the mind peaceful, that which we call a samatha kamatana, a method to make the mind tranquil and peaceful. So in a given day, we sit meditation to bring the mind to stability and firmness. We cultivate mindfulness, for instance, using the meditation word but-do, but with the in-breath and do with the out-breath. Or we can count one with the in-breath and one with the out-breath as a pair, then two on the next in-breath and two on the next out-breath, all the way up to five. Then we go back to one and count in pairs up to six. And we keep proceeding in this way until we reach up to ten. And this is if we count correctly the whole time. If we miscount at any point, then we start again from the beginning. So this is a way to cultivate mindfulness. Another method of counting is to count one, two, three, four, five on the in-breath, or one, two, three, four, five, six on the in-breath, and then one, two, three, four, five on the out-breath, or one, two, three, four, five, six on the out-breath. And we do it in a way that makes it easeful and relaxed for us. And if we think a lot, that we can press our tongue against the roof of our mouth, or we can hold our breath in order to stop the thinking. We can also breathe deeply to fill the lungs completely with oxygen and breathe out completely. We can do this deep in and out breath three times. Once we do that three times, then we start afresh with the breath. And they're either counting in pairs or counting one through five as described. And this is walking the path. And if it's difficult to observe our breath, then we have mindfulness with bodily movements. For instance, boot with the left foot stepping and do with the right foot stepping. Or buto with the left foot, buto with the right foot. We walk in a way that's not fast and it's not slow. It's just right. We establish our mindfulness with the walking. And sometimes our body wants to work and it doesn't have to be heavy work, but we do cultivate mindfulness with that work, with the movements of the body. The mind, the jitta, orders the brain, and the brain orders the body. And if the brain has a problem or it's broken, then it's not able to tell the body what to do. The mind sends orders to the brain, but the body can't follow them. <clears throat> so this is something that happens. But we don't have to doubt about this. 
whatever technique we're using, it's all for the sake of cultivating mindfulness. And in the end, we bring the mind to firm establishment, but firmly establish mindfulness, and then it's easy to do. But in the beginning, we use every method, every technique, every thing we can use to help us in our cultivation of our meditation object. So we don't have to doubt about this, we just do it. In the morning when we wake up, we determine our minds that we won't be angry with anyone, we won't have ill will towards anyone. We think that this is our last day of life, that life is uncertain, death is certain, therefore we practice and train to establish mindfulness and to strive. Because we see that in this life, there's only a little bit of life left for us, and death is close. So therefore we try to do the monastic practices and principles that the novices and monks do, like doing the morning and evening chanting, doing the alms round and the chores, the schedule, and sitting and walking meditation, sleeping little, talking little, eating little. This is the work of a monastic. The meditation practice is the work of the monastic. For the lady, the lady have a lot of different kinds of work to do. And so the practice of generosity is one of the main aspects of their practice and also virtue. But the work of a monastic is bhavana, a mental cultivation. We don't have any other livelihood. We just have alms round as our livelihood. And so this creates a good opportunity to seek out peace, to seek out the paths and fruits of nibbana, because we have the time to do that. So we need to set our hearts on it. So whether we're a lay person, or a anagarika, pakao, or a mechi, or a samaneri, or a nun, or a novice, or a monk, we set our hearts on this to use our time to be of the most value, to be of the highest value. And if we've done practice in the past, then it's not difficult. For instance, if we've practiced staying up all night, we're going with little sleep, then we're able to do that. We're able to overcome the discomfort. This is something we need to train in, because suffering is waiting for us in the future. These sankharas, these conditioned formations, are suffering. For instance, if we lie still, for a long time, and that suffering, or if our heart is in bad shape, and we have to rest a lot, then that suffering, or if we have an eye surgery, like changing the lens of our eye, and we have to lie very still, not moving left or right, just lying on our back for 24 hours in a day, and that's suffering, that's dukkha. So, if we don't believe that, we can try it for ourselves. So we have to not move the body for the condition of the eye. 
and that becomes painful and torturous for the body, its suffering, its dukkha. But usually we think that the body is a source of pleasure, that we get a body, we get happiness and pleasure. But we see if we don't change posture, then suffering arises right there. Even if we have just a mild illness, then we suffer from it. But if the illness is severe, then the cells of our body are really degrading. Then we see just how bad the pain and discomfort can be. So therefore we have to keep fighting in our practice and our bhavana to cultivate inner wealth. So that we have this inner wealth for when we're sick. Because our outer wealth at that point we can't rely on. We may use some medicine, but we also need patient endurance, our meditation word, our mantra, our kamatana. We need to meditate, cultivate the mind, and to fight. So may you all set your hearts on this, to cultivate the mind with the meditation word, meditation object. We can compare it to meditation monks that take the heartwood of a jackfruit tree and boil it, boil it for seven days and seven nights, stirring the pot uh, regularly throughout the night and day until it's completely dry and the essence of that jackfruit wood becomes a powder so that when the monks are traveling then they can use that powder to mix with water in order to wash their robes. This is something many monks have done before. In our meditation practice, it's the same. We use our meditation object, whether walking or standing. And with sitting, we might use a different meditation object and lying down. And this is all in the Satipatthana Sutta, discourse on the foundations of mindfulness, to have mindfulness with regard to the body, whether it's counting the breath or counting with the breath, that's related to the body, contemplating the four elements, or having mindfulness with the movements of the body, all of this is mindfulness of the body. And if we have feelings, vedana arise and we watch them. If the mind's proliferating, not proliferating, peaceful or not, in a happy state or suffering state, having greed or not, delusion or not, aversion or not, we see all these things arise and cease. We see that all these conditions of mind arise and cease. We also see all the dhammas, all the path factors, all the 37 wings to awakening arise and cease, whether wholesome or unwholesome dhammas, like the five hindrances, they arise and cease. So we see that all materiality, all feeling tone, all mind states, all dhammas, they all arise and cease, they're all not a self not a me or mine, 
And we're able to see this gradually, bit by bit. In the beginning, we try to cultivate mindfulness a lot to bring us to success. And so we contemplate that death is close, that we're close to death. There's a case of one man from Australia who ran from Sydney to Melbourne, a great distance, over 800 kilometers. And he was over 60 years old as well. And he didn't use any kind of fancy equipment. He just wore normal work boots. And he would run all day and into the night. And when he would, was tired, he would sleep maybe just an hour. So he, he would run all the time. And the other runners, they would sleep for six hours at night. But this man, he just kept running without ceasing, barely resting. Because his livelihood in the past, his livelihood was that of a shepherd. And he would chase the sheep sometimes all night long. So he had experience, he had trained in this already. He had done this effort before. Because when a thunderstorm came and the sheep ran away or scattered, Sometimes he'd have to gather them throughout the entire night and he'd have to run and chase them down all night long, just like that. And he wouldn't be able to stop. And so when he was running this race, then he would think to himself that he was chasing down the sheep that had run away from a thunderstorm. And in the end, he won the race in five days. Other runners took them seven days to complete it. This is an unbelievable feat, but it's something that's possible that he was able to do. So for Dhamma practitioners, we contemplate that death is close, that we can't stop. So if we're able to see that death is close, then we, this will help us in our practice. We think that if we don't do morning chanting, we'll die. If we don't do evening chanting, we'll die. If we don't sit meditation, we'll die. So we think and contemplate like this, that life is uncertain, that death is certain. We strive and have effort without ceasing. Then one day peace arises. We're able to see the Dhamma, the experience of Dhamma arises. So may you set your minds on this, to bring the mind to coolness, to stillness, to bring the mind and body to emptiness, which gives great energy to the mind, to bring us to our goal, which is to abandon all attachment. So may you set your heart on this, to not be heedless, but to have effort continuously, and one day you will be able to succeed.